Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. So I was driving into the studio today from Cleveland. Who? What? <laughs> When, why, how? That's what we're here for, to keep you informed. You remember Arsenio Hall? That was the uh, that was the opening bit of his monologue. And, of course, you know, everyone knew he really wasn't driving in uh, from Cleveland every day, but that's how he would open his opening monologue on the Arsenio Hall show. That guy had the longest fingers He's I've saying, ever seen. Yeah, you know what that means. He's probably got some longer other things. Longer junk? Yeah, he's got big <laughs> shoes, big fingers. Big shoes, big fingers. For the for the record, ladies, I am a guitarist. Yeah, <laughs> he gets all frets. Ma- magical, <laughs> magical hands, baby, magical hands, uh, ladies. So, uh, speaking of ladies, I want to talk about a lady off the top of the program. I am Gabriel Morenci, sitting alongside the raging redhead uh, Cam Stewart. Uh, we got a stacked uh, program for you uh, this afternoon. And uh, speaking of stacked, uh, the Washington Capitals uh, win their first ever Stanley Cup and. You know, Donald Trump promised uh, winning. He said, we're going to win so much, you're going to get tired of it. And truth be told, think about it. The Washington Capitals have been in the National Hockey League for 44 Four years. years. They didn't win under any other president. And uh, Donald Trump is tweeting, congratulations to the Washington Capitals and their great captain, Alexander Ovechkin. So, of course, everyone is now, oh, of course, you're congratulating him because he's Russian. No, he's congratulating him. He's the captain of the damn team, and, and he won the guns might too. And it's in Washington. <laughs> exactly. It's down the street from the White House. Like, the fans are partying outside the White House. There's something to it. I don't know. You tell me, people. You tell me, people. Did the Washington Capitals win a Stanley Cup when that pervert creep Bill Clinton was in office? No, they didn't. Did the Washington Wizards or the Capitals win a championship when Barack Obama was there? No, they didn't. Nope. Yep. Nothing. Gerald Ford? Nope. Even Ronnie Reagan couldn't get the Capitals a championship. So congratulations to the Capitals. Yeah. Congratulations to you, Cab. And you, buddy. Well, not me. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I bet series on the, prices, didn't you? I bet on the Knights last night. No, but the series. The series, Yeah, friend. whatever. I bet on the Knights last night, so... The series didn't end in the way that I wanted it to. I wanted it to go six games, uh, but um, yeah, great, uh, great stuff by the Washington Capitals. They were, they were. Uh, it's great for Alexander Ovechkin, not just him, Kuznetsov and uh, Backstrom, and all these guys that have been through so many postseason disappointments. And you know, unlike uh, NBA players, Ovechkin didn't cry and so you know what? Maybe I should join the Blackhawks. 
No, he stuck it out on his yeah. team and got maybe, it done. Maybe exactly. I should go to L.A. and play yeah. with the Kings since, you know, I can't win what here a, with what Washington. A, what, what a great point you bring up. Nobody he stayed. Had, yeah, he, he fought through. Damn right he did. People mocked him for years. They called and him, same as Kuznetsov. They called him an underachieving choker. And let's be real. And, and it wasn't really his fault over the years. You know, they didn't win. No. There were times when he didn't play great in a certain series. Uh, but the other guys disappeared, too. This is the first time. Look, Kuznetsov, like, really, he, he could have been the MVP. I agree, but Ovechkin, you know, it's Ovechkin. It's, a, it's almost like a lifetime achievement award, yeah. not just an MVP. I That's mean, why without without Kuznetsov, Ovechkin's not winning. Kuznetsov I, had 32 freaking points in the playoffs, I believe yeah. he was. Anyway. Ove- He's a leading point getter yeah, in Ovechkin, the NHL playoffs. Ovechkin letting goals, Kuznetsov, and points. Yeah, so you know, but you know, it, it was it was a great uh, great performance, great run. It was it was a good hockey game actually last night, but Washington were just the better team the entire series. Vegas were flat-footed. Vegas were out of gas. Washington were the faster, bigger, stronger, faster, better hockey team. Hell of a run for the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And then after Washington uh, won, uh, we were treated uh, to um, to uh, a strip uh, a strip club uh, performance. Except not everybody saw it. So if you're unaware of this uh, last night, and my boy Cam was unaware until I oh, just showed him the I'm video. Glad, I'm glad you did. So uh, basically, when when the Capitals got the cup, and I didn't see this live, so I didn't notice this live. And I've got very good eyes. I would have noticed it live. I've got eyes like a vulture, like a hawk, especially when it comes to breasts. 2020 vision. It's amazing. We were just talking about breasts or the ultimate distraction and how I couldn't even, like, I was trying to do a podcast and Mariah Carey's breasts were on TV, and I had to change the channel. (laughs) I just kept looking up, and I was like, damn, oh, she's got big no, breasts. They're very soft and hypnotizing. Hypnotizing. Yeah, they're very tan, too. That's, that's another thing. Once you, once they have a beautiful color and shade to them, well, it's Mar- even more tan. Carrie's got, like, an orange hue about yeah. her. <laughs> orange hue. So, um, see, so yeah, after the Capitals won last night, so Ovechkin gets the cup. <laughs> Ovechkin gets the cup, and he starts doing, like, the victory lap, and all of his teammates are behind him, and one guy behind him, so... There's all these Capitol fans sort of like cheering. You know, they went down, you know, right to the glass level. So it was mostly Capitol fans. And they're all cheering, and they're face first against the glass. Yeah, yeah. And Ovechkin's got the cop, and he's cheering. And then some smoking hot chick um, decides to take her top down from her white dress. And she's got some massive melons. And uh, they're pressed up against the glass. And I don't know who's number 50. I think it was 55. I'm not sure. One of the dudes on the Capitals is like right behind Ovechkin, except he stops. He's like, oh, shit. He stops and he looks and he points at her and he starts clapping. Like he looks at her and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And he sort of turns around to his teammates like, yo, yo, check this out. And they all sort of like they didn't stop, but they they all veer towards the corner. (laughs) It's like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this is the biggest moment of your life. You just won the Stanley Cup, all right? Like, it just happened about three minutes ago. You have the cup. It's your opportunity to touch the cup and do a victory lap. And you get distracted by breasts. It's inevitable. It doesn't matter who you are, what you're doing. Like, it's a good thing. Like, there's not, like, hot chicks and, like, surgeries and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, you put a pair, like, you know, Taylor Stevens drops her top and some, you know, Dr. Hibbert's performing open. Oh, oh, geez. Oh. Yeah, you're going to put the sutures right through the heart. 
It's a, Ovechkin didn't care though. That was the be- the best thing about him is he's the kid. Hey, I that's why the- he's determined. Exactly. He's the only guy he skated right be past all, the breast. I'd be all mad after too, and I'd be I'd be like telling my team, "Really, guys, nice. we just won the cup. Like, come on, you never seen a pair of tits before." Like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are, what you are doing. You know, the story of the Washington Redskins, the Redskins send, and the Redskins have very hot cheerleaders, and they send them out at the exact same time that the visiting team has their pregame uh, practice walkthrough. Great Sort of warm-up. Great ploy. So, like, when the guys are going out there, you know, when you see... You know, you see uh, Odell, and he's wearing his headphones, and he's not wearing a shirt, and he's stretching, and he's doing his thing, and all that. Yeah, the Redskins are like, all right, when the visiting team comes out to do their, their walkthrough, you girls go out. And they're not in uniform yet, so they, they, they're dressed even more just with the whatever they want. It's like, you girls go out and do your stretching drills. So, basically, you've got Washington Redskins cheerleaders, like, touching their toes, bending over and stuff like that. And, I don't know, this might come as a – because people are like, oh, that won't distract a professional athlete. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, some 22-year-old kid from LSU is not getting distracted by this chick, right? She'd be like, damn, man, I've never seen anything like that in Baton Rouge before. It seems like common sense. Why wouldn't every team do it? Why just the Redskins? It seems pretty simple. You know, I don't know out. why I know this. Yeah. You know, I'm not really especially proud of knowing this. It's a pretty perverted thing to actually be aware of. But okay. which NFL team's cheerleaders wear the less clothes? Like, who, who is, like, the, the raciest, over-the-top, like, holy crap. Like, you know, like you're walking into the Spearmint Rhino in Vegas strip club. Carolina? No. Normally, you're very good at these guesses. That's a horrible guess. Tampa Bay? Terrible guess. You know why? Carolina's the Bible Belt. Jerry Richardson was a God-fearing man, except when he, uh, you know, sort of sexually harassed his secretaries and everyone around him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, Carolina. I'm not saying hot. The Carolina Panther cheerleaders are hot. Tampa Bay? No. I just think they're little bucks outfits there. I'm trying to think. This one's still like, it's actually, we're going by the least amount of, like, cloth. Yeah, like, more, more skin. And, more and skin. multiple uniforms were compiled. So it wasn't just, like, oh, once. Oh, shit, look what they're wearing once. It was like, no, no. There's a pattern here of they consistently have the skimpiest outfits, and they are known as generally the raciest cheerleader crew in the NFL. Cowboys? No, Cowboys kind of fan. Raiders? The Cowboys, the Cowboys, uh, it's not as it used no, to be. No, they, they used to be hot. It's on there. It's there. definitely not the Buffalo Jills. No. Baltimore Ravens? The Buffalo Jills were uh sweaters. They wore sweaters. <laughs> they wore snow pants. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they got their gray they they got their goose coat on. It's cold. Is it Ravens? It is not the Ravens. Damn it. It is the Philadelphia Eagles. Wow. Philadelphia Eagles. This is the Philadelphia Eagles. Have the Philadelphia Eagles uh, cheerleaders wear the least amount of clothes consistently. How did you figure this one out? Did you read it or you just uh, you did your own measurements? I did my own research. <laughs> All 32 NFL teams. No, there were actually complaints. There were uh, complaints. Oh, from families. Hey, what's yeah, going on Yeah, here? there were complaints basically that, you know... I brought my kid to the football game, and I understand you guys have cheerleaders, but, like, 
kind of over the top. Like they're basically wearing like thongs and stuff. Like yeah, amazing. <laughs> Not only win the Super Bowl, but you get a show too. Philadelphia is really picking it up. But you'll notice, yeah, Philadelphia too. Like even when it's a little cold. Yeah. They still find ways. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like nice hosiery. Like yeah, they'll, they'll like, wear the no, stuff like Buffalo, see-through. Yeah, like yeah. Buffalo is like, all right, it's cold. All right, you girls just wear yeah. your stupid the, winter jacket. Yeah, the Jills wear the jacket on. Track pants. Yeah, it's like, you know what I mean? Track pants. It's like Philadelphia. They're like, all right, listen, we've made these green spandex pants for yeah. you to wear. You're wearing like them. Like they, they've come up with. <laughs> like I told you, it's a, it's a strange thing that I'm aware of. So does anybody know? Does anybody listening know who this chick was in Vegas last night? My my random guess is that she's a puck bunny. With the caps? Yes, that's doing one of the players on the Capitals. Not a girlfriend, but sort of a, you know, a puck bunny type that's hanging like, around. Like Tom Wilson's giving her the, and the yeah, work. And, yeah. you know, she said, you know what, if you guys win a cup, I'm going to flash you or... Uh, you know, or is it random? I think it's is ra- she a local Vegas? You I know? say random. Well, I'll tell you what. Like, um, her breasts were enhanced to a great degree, in which um, you know, like uh, her breasts cost the same as like you know about fifteen new hockey sticks. Yeah, hockey sticks are expensive. They are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> so no, those new. Ones she's not so just a casual no. cap fan. No. She you know, professional work. Done. This is already expensive been, work. This has already been done, though. This, she's trying to copy Taylor Stevens, who yeah, of course Taylor, went viral. Great call. She's the original, way before her time in Los Angeles. So yeah, this this girl, like, so I don't know. Is I want to find out the story. I need to know. Yeah. I need to know. Was it a random girl in Vegas that's just hey, this is Vegas, and she's a hot chick, and she thought it'd be funny to do? Is she a puck bunny that's hooked up with one of the players? Um. Is she a local, I don't know, is she a porn star? Is she a stripper uh, in Vegas? Is she uh, Is she an escort who's trying to drum up business? <laughs> She's doing, doing a great job. We need to know. I mean, all you NHL reporters, like, you know, on the beat here, why don't you do your damn job and tell us yeah. who this girl is? All I see is giggling woman flashes breasts. Capitals get boob flashed. An excited fan flashes Capitals. There's no names or no anything like this right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to dig, Marenzi. No names or anything. Just fan with big breasts. No handles. Nothing. Interesting. Nope. Can't find anything. Yeah, no. It's just uh, it's not happening. We're gonna. Uh, we're yeah, gonna. No, get... you'll get to the bottom of it though, Gabe. You, yes, like, yes. you, you like to solve these mysteries. I will. Uh, I will get to the bottom of this. And right now, I'm on the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame uh, message board because they are discussing this, and uh, somebody feels as though it was disrespectful to the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> the thing's been crapped in. People have done blow from it, and, and, and we're going to get mad over a nice pair of breasts? Come on, everybody, relax. That's the problem with hockey guy. He gets a little bit too yeah, yeah. historical. It's like, hey, hockey guy, I get it. Like, you love the game. Oh, don't mess with the game. Like, loosen up. But the players relax. the players seem to enjoy yeah, oh, it. Yeah, the players who won the cup like the show. Exactly, Marenzi, so... Or, or maybe that's one of the Las Vegas Golden Knights uh, girlfriends, and that's her way of breaking up. Yeah. <laughs> Screw you. I'm with the Capitals now. You never know. Women can be cold. <laughs> Very cold. Very <laughs> Colder than an NHL I, rink. Icy. Yeah, women, women can be very, very cold. They can also be very warm. So, yeah, the Washington Capitals win the Stanley Cup. Yep. 
And um, tonight, um, tonight the um, Golden State Warriors can win another NBA uh, championship. I hope Steph Curry's not golfing right now, though. Ken. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Like, uh, I gotta tell you something. When you first hear a story like golf, you're like, ah, it's just golf. But man, I'm telling you about golf. This is a guy. You say ankle injury. You could twist an ankle on a golf course. Well, he's got a you, soft ankle right yeah, now. Yeah, and another thing is, say say you're hitting a ball. You know what I mean? Like, you could take divots out. Say your wrist pops up and hits a root. Like, I've seen guys break their wrist playing golf. I've seen crazy stuff happening. My mom's friend lost an eye playing golf. So uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, though, it sounds like a pussy. Oh, you're just going out to play golf. No, no, it's things can happen. Now, last year, I guess this was the game that uh, that Cleveland won in this spot. I'm taking them. And we've talked about how uh, Golden State haven't swept anybody in the playoffs uh, this year. Yep. But it bothers me because I bet on every game with the, uh, the Washington Capitals in the Stanley Cup Finals until last night. And I knew the Capitals were going to win the Cup. And, and um, I know Golden State, obviously, is winning the championship. I already bet. I already took Cleveland the other night. I don't want to do it again. I'm Brent, kind of in a Francie. We talked about this yeah, though. Sometimes like the, the parlay, no. the parlay happens next. No, day. LeBron James is going to tap out and quit. He's already given up. Uh, Golden State roll them tonight, and they sweep and they cement themselves as one of the best teams, not just in NBA history, but uh, I guess let's say modern modern sports. They're not full out dynasty, but they're getting damn close. Steve Merrill's going to join us. Babano's going to join us. Ricky. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Game Time Decisions, Ready Rage Radio continues. We're going to try to get to the bottom of uh, this, some investigative journalism, find out uh, just exactly uh, who this uh, woman was that uh, flashed the Washington Capitals. We're now joined uh, by a man who was uh, used to be a Washington Capitals season ticket holder, a lifelong fan, but he abandoned ship. Um, he gave up on the Washington Capitals. He quit. He quit on the man. Uh, but, you know, truth be told, over the years that we've been talking to Steve Merrill, it seems like every time Steve ever watched the Washington Capitals game, they did lose. <laughs> so uh, Steve Merrill steps up and in and joins us. Uh, Steve, the Washington Capitals are finally Stanley Cup champions. 35 years ago, I went to my first Capitals game in 1983. I don't know if I've told you this story, Gabe. Have I ever told you? And I got hit in the head with a puck. Did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> Your first ever <laughs> hockey game, you never... got hit? Your first ever Get hockey game, it. you got you got hit in the yeah, head with a nine puck. Nine years old. 
Yeah, this, and I, I don't think we – I can't believe we've never had this discussion yeah. with all the times we've talked about the Caps over the years. Yeah, you know, I told somebody else today, by the way, I pulled out my blue mid-'90s jersey and my authentic white early-'90s cap game jerseys last night from my closet. It hadn't been removed for over 20 years. I wore the jersey today. I was out at some stuff in the public talking to a ton of people. But, yeah, I told someone else that story today, and I realized I don't think we've ever had that story. True story, third period – I was nine years old. First game I'd ever gone to was with my father, his friend, and another kid my age. We were on the blue line, and we had these seats for about 15 years. My dad's office had 10, 10 games a year. They shared with some other offices. Fourth row, blue line, right to the side of the penalty box, okay? The Caps are shorthanded against the Calgary Flames in the third period, and they're on the far end of the goal. They're trying to clear it around the goal. The guy slaps it hard, and it runs up the boards and clears somehow the glass. And I'm only in the fourth row hits me right above the right eye, knocks me cold. I never saw it coming. My father claims he tried to stop it but missed it. That's been an ongoing discussion for years. And I wake up as I'm being carried up the stairs. The referee had thrown a towel over. They stopped play. They threw the towel over the glass. Long story short, you could see my skull bone. I ended up getting 15 stitches, four, eight on the inside, seven on the outside. A plastic surgeon was on duty at the ER that night, like on a Tuesday night, and you could hardly ever see the scar after that. But they give me a stick. They give me a puck, not the one that hit me. And then the next day, they call the house basically to see if we're going to sue, I guess. And they said, we're make sure we'd like to offer you four free tickets to any game of your choice. So in 1983, we took Edmonton to see Gretzky, the one game they were there. The seats were great seats, but they're also the scariest two hours of my life because they were in the mid-corner, about 12 rows up behind the goal in the corner of the lower level which is like the most prime slap shot spot on the ice. You figure when they and gave his people was, that got hit seats, they wouldn't put him in a target zone exactly. again. Like, why'd you got hit again? <laughs> this was 20 times more dangerous than where my real seats were. I mean, fourth row on the blue line, it's pretty hard to get hit with a, sl- a direct shot like that. In fact, no, but I went to the yeah. hundreds of games after that, and a, t- a couple pucks flipped over, and one landed in the seat next to me, and one landed in the seat behind me like 10 years later, but, you know, you had like 20 seconds to react. Well, That's why they put that netting up now. Somebody yeah. died at, a, at the Columbus Center. Yeah, a little You're girl, exactly unfortunately. Right. A 12-year-old girl yeah, I don't got think hit. the netting yeah. was up in 83. Yeah. No, no but that's scary no. stuff. I didn't go back until 87, and then I went to about 100 games after that, as you know. That's the thing. People don't realize that. I've been yeah. with a million hockey games, and I used to, um, I used to purposely not sit in certain zones because I knew. And, uh, man, I went to a Hartford Whaler game once, and – Reed Larson was a defenseman, and he had a wild slap shot. And same thing, Steve. Like, my seats, I swear to God, man, I was like seven rows behind the net, just where the glass ended type thing. <laughs> like, like I was in the perfect trajectory. Like, I was in, like, the most dangerous part of the rink type thing where it's like, man, if somebody, like, deflects a shot or he loses control of a slap shot, it's coming right at us. So I told the girl I was with at the game, I said, listen, you really need to pay attention. And I said, I'm going to pay attention the whole time. I was a goalie, too. So it's like watching a puck everywhere. And I'm like, don't worry about it. I'll, you know. But I said, just don't, you know, don't be aware that we could get injured here. And lo and behold, man. Was this pre-cell phone? Pre-cell phone? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pre-cell phone. <laughs> even. And, uh, and lo and behold, man, Reed Larson freaking teed one up, man. It came, it went, it, it went two rows behind me. Like it just whizzed wow. past us type thing. And uh, it, it, is. it put a dent in the wooden seat. Yep. It was like the Montreal form had wood seats. It like put a puck dent, like massive, like bam, yep. like a car dent. 
and then it ricocheted and smacked an old lady in the face. And wow. uh, yeah, there, were, there was blood everywhere, and same yeah. thing. You know, everyone gave her a little hand. Yeah. There was yeah. So there, it used to just be yeah. normal. Like a couple of people yeah. at a hockey game, a game would get smoked with a puck. There was a story of the guy yeah. he went to get a beer, and the puck when he came back, there was like a hole in his seat. It would have been like a hole, like oh, a yeah. hole through him. Yeah. Like he actually by going to get a drink saved his life. I'm surprised they're actually back then. There's no. Well, I remember. I remember it last year it was great. It's yeah. a great gift out there. There was some chick. Some hot young chick that probably thinks she's hotter than she really is. She was on her phone during an NBA yeah. game. And she got smacked in the face <laughs> with a random basketball. People seem to enjoy that. I have a buddy, actually. It's hilarious, man. Like Crazy things always seem to happen to this guy. I know. That's why we're friends because crazy things happen to me. So he's in a baseball game. And he's one of these guys that, like, brings his glove to the game. <laughs> I'm get he one. does. He did that for several years after this. <laughs> game, I love to see grown, oh, yeah, yeah. grown men. Exactly. Grown men bringing gloves is oh, the yeah. best. So he brings his glove. a goalie glove that night. Exactly. <laughs> like, we should have brought a goalie mask. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I mean, mask. joked about that. I was actually going to do that dead serious. Not joking. So, I wanted to do that. <laughs> so my buddy's one of these guys. He used to bring his baseball glove to the game. Wow. And he went to get some beer. So he's walking, he's walking like with the tray of beer. He's got like four beers in a tray. He's got his glove on and he never saw it coming, man. He's walking like, you know, back to his seats yep. through the tunnel. Yep. But the ball bounced like right there. He got run over and stampeded. <laughs> so like, didn't yeah, no, he's, he's, he never saw it coming. Like he's oh, got man. his glove and his beers. And a ball just His sort of came out of nowhere, oh, like ricochet, bang, bang, like off through the conc like into the concourse area yeah. type thing. And man, all these kids like turned the corner, <laughs> running after the ball. They ran him over, knocked his beer everywhere. He didn't get the ball. Uh, it was gold, man. That's amazing. <laughs> he lost $20 worth of beers for a $5 baseball. Yeah, well, thank God in those you days we were gone. Game. They were like two bucks a beer in those yeah. good old days, man. I remember Steve saying, I, I used to go to baseball games with like 20 bucks and get pissed drunk. It was like two bucks a beer. <laughs> I drank like 10 beers. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Gabe and I went to a Jays game. I think, what was it, uh, Marenzi? What did you spend? Was it 14 bucks a beer, I think it is now? for a 17. Yeah, 17, Steve. 17 bucks a beer. Well, I'll never forget the, the old Cap Center. I wasn't of drinking age back, you know, before high school and stuff. But um, there were games where they, you know, they shut down beer sales religiously in the middle of the third period. And yeah, I remember yeah. I was at a two or three overtime playoff game one time, and the beer sales had been it's cut worse. since the third period. And that's like you know, that's Steve, like two games. That's like a whole game without anything, basically. At that point, if you're, if you're a professional um, so drinker crazy. like me, if you're a professional drinker like me, I was in the building when the Montreal Canadiens won the Stanley Cup. And I knew they were going to win the Stanley Cup, but I knew that they stopped selling beer with 10 minutes left in the third period of play. Time to load exactly. up. And I also knew, well, I want to be here for the celebration and have beers for the celebration. Good thinking. And God bless Montreal. There's no, there's no, we can't serve you more than this. I ordered like 12 beers. Right. I got, I got like three trays. They were like, here, here you go, sir. <laughs> you know I mean? It's great, great time. And then a hockey puck came right by you and the kids stampeded at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Actually, there was a riot after the game, but that's another story. Um, all right, uh, Steve, so let's jump in here. NBA tonight, um, is it a sweep or isn't it a sweep? I, I got I, I to gotta believe it is. Listen, I bet on, I've bet been all over Golden State. i got futures on Golden State, as does Cam. But um, I thought if the Cleveland was going to win a game, it was going to be game three. They were in it. LeBron disappeared in the last couple of minutes of the game. 
I think Golden State just bust the broom out tonight, Steve. What do you think about this one? Yeah, historically speaking, in all the major sports, teams down 0-3 normally get swept. And obviously, there's a few reasons. First of all, if you're down 0-3, you're probably at a disadvantage to start with in the matchup. Um, but if you look, the point spread's a couple points higher tonight, or about a point higher. Oddsmakers have caught on to this trend, and normally they jack at a basket or two. Now, they did that last year, and Cleveland came out and smoked Golden State. However... I think you could definitely make the argument that Golden State wanted to clinch at home last year. I think they probably don't care as much about that this season with it being a back-to-back title. And if anything, I would think they almost want to sweep them this year since they didn't last year. Um, It's interesting. When the Caps made the Stanley Cup at 98, I went to games three and four, and the Red Wings swept them. Detroit was a seasoned team. They just wanted to win it. You know, they didn't care. I thought, you know, the Caps didn't want to take a chance last night. It would have been nice to see them win game six at home. But I'll tell you what, guys, I didn't realize. I realized a little bit during the National Anthem when I heard them yell, red, but I didn't realize until after the game how many Capitol fans. There's an estimate there was probably about 35% of that arena was red last night. So oh, it was kind of nice to see them clinch on the road. And I actually have friends from Northern Virginia I went to high school with that flew to Vegas for that game last night. So it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I, I'm using that analogy because I just feel like last year maybe Golden State didn't care and that showed. Plus, keep in mind, Kyrie Irvin had 40 points in game four last year. <laughs> that ain't happening tonight. Very good point. Very good point. Very good point. What do you guys think about the total tonight, Steve? 269. Cleveland's going to have to leave it all out in the floor. I didn't like what we saw right. from, from LeBron late in that game, too, with the pouting and giving up the balls to other guys to take shots. But uh, you got to believe uh, they're pro- probably early there's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. What's your take? Yeah, Cleveland put up over 130 in Game 4 last year. And like I said, Kyrie had over 40. But still, the team, the rest of the team still had over you know 90-some points on their own. So... Cleveland had their best offensive game. I think it was more Golden State not showing up. Now, granted, you know, if they want to sweep them tonight, they're going to probably bring more defensive intensity than they did last year. But the bottom line is, guys, Cleveland cannot stop Golden State. So they're not going to flip a switch tonight all of a sudden and fix their defensive problems. They've been a bad defensive team all season. I mean, that's really why they've been a mediocre team this year. Uh, I would expect LeBron to probably have a pretty big game. I mean, I think the only reason this wouldn't go over the total is if Golden State plays shut down defense trying to get the sweep. But being up 3-0 on the road, knowing if they don't win, they get to clinch back at home. You know, I feel like this is almost like a preseason game at this point. Steve Merrill uh, with us, ProSportsInfo.com. One of the covers experts over at Covers.com. So, Steve, let's jump in and talk some NASCAR uh, right now. And we talk about the greatness of the uh, the Golden State Warriors yeah, it's incredibly rare. Let's talk about the greatness uh, right now of Kyle Larson in Michigan. It's as unbelievable. Um, you know, he can he can really join some rarefied air here. He's actually won three straight races. Yeah, three-time reigning champ? Yeah, un- unbelievable. Three wow. times. Uh, Kyle Larson has been good enough to win, and he's been riding the, uh, the high line around Michigan better than anyone. Uh, this is from Micah Roberts. Uh, winning the past three races, joining legends like David Pearson and Bill Elliott is the only drivers to do so. Uh, I'm trying to add uh, one more, and uh, he'll tie Bill Elliott, who actually swept Michigan in 85 and 86 and won four straight times wow. there. Are you biting, Steve, in the 5-6-1 to six to one, uh, uh, range right now? Speaking of Bill Elliott, Chase Elliott finished eighth in the fall. His son, he'd finished second three straight races in yeah, Michigan. I know. Kyle Larson was first, and he was third. So if you go back to there's the my DraftKings team. Larson there's my DraftKings team. Larson and Elliott. Good way to start it, buddy. Here's the problem. So over the last four Michigan races, Kyle Larson's been first in three of them, and Elliott's been second in three of them. However, 
Chevy has not won a single race this year except Austin Dillon on Daytona on the restrictor play. Crazy. So that's what you're going up against. You know, they've been at a disadvantage in the Camaro. How Ford and Toyota. As the season goes on. Right. Ford, sorry, Steve, but Ford and Toyota guys have won 13 straight races. Right, since yeah, since Daytona, which is basically yeah. a, a crapshoot race. Um, however, you would make an argument, I think, that as the as they get more familiar with the new Camaro this year, they're going to get better as the season goes on. Um, but with that said, Kyle Larson's been the one with Chevy that's really been close to contending with those other cars. And hey, look, Truex, Harvick, and Kyle Busch have won 11 of the other 13 races this season. In fact, they've won 11, I think, of the 12 that haven't been restrictor plates. So it's basically been those three or nothing. But I think this could be the week we see something different. Keep in mind, guys, this is a two-mile track. This in California, the sister track, a lot of fuel mileage races here, which brings in a little bit of uncertainty element. Guys like Matt Kenseth were always great on fuel mileage back in the day. It's a little early to know if Larson or Chase Elliott are, but they've obviously run very well on this track the past couple seasons. Speaking of Matt Kenseth, uh, uh, Steve, I saw him at like, what, it was like 100 to 1 or something. He's got three victories and 37 yeah. starts. They're finishing the top 10 54% of the time at Michigan, but this guy's not even on the tote board right now. He, he's a crazy, crazy underdog. Well, what's interesting, Cam, is he came back from retirement three races ago at Kansas where he won a few seasons ago and finished 36th, okay? But then again, he was thrown into the fire. Charlotte, 17th. Pocono last week, 13th. So he is getting better. I think it's asking a lot for him to win. But I'll tell you what, guys, if you're in that 17 or 13 spot like he was the last two weeks and the fuel mileage strategy breaks your way by luck, there might be a better than 100 to 1 chance he wins. But that's basically just a fuel mileage. You know, you're on a different schedule than everyone else. But, hey, at 100 to 1, it could happen. I tell you what, man, NASCAR drivers are worse than retiring than boxers and rock bands. (laughs) Yeah, like how long till Dale Earnhardt till till, till Jail, Dale's back? Like they uh, all retire and then they're, they'll come back. Him and Gordon are announcing. Although Jeff Gordon was it last year, or the year before he yeah. returned. Yeah. Was yeah, it the yeah. year he was announcing? Yeah, it was the second half of the season when he was announcing. So I guess it's possible. <laughs> yeah, so this is the first year Dale's been out. He hasn't jumped back in yet. So we'll give him that. I know Dale strikes me like he really did want out. Out. You know, Kent just seemed to sort of get. Yeah, Kent just sort of got pushed out a bit, right? You know, it's, it's sort of that's actually a very good point. Yeah, I don't think he wanted to retire. Actually, that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah. What about Denny Ham- Hamlin, he, Steve? Seven uh, two-time top, winner. Here. Yeah, he's a two-time winner. Seven top fives. He's got a nice pedigree at Michigan. Yeah, and he's he's teammates with Kyle Busch and uh, basically Truex as well. Toyota cars, so we know he has the horsepower to win. And you don't think of him as dominating these oval tracks, um, but if you look at what he did, like Kansas, he was fifth. Um, California, the sister track, he was sixth. He doesn't win these races, but he's always in contention. Uh, Brad Keselowski, Michigan uh, native. What's your take on Keselowski this week? you got to figure he's going to get in the winner's circle eventually, right? Yeah, last year, 17th and 16th, but he was third and fourth the year before that. So he can win on this track. Um, Logano and Keselowski have been quietly very strong this year, and they've been overshadowed by Harvick's team, the other Ford team that's been dominating. By the way, Eric Alamola basically came out of nowhere. He was always a good driver but never had equipment. Clint Boyer the same way. Alamola and Clint Boyer are basically consistently top ten, even top five cars now, and that's the same stable as Kevin Harvick. Uh, Just shows how powerful that team is right now. Kevin Harvick won here once before, guys, in 2014. With Harvick, you almost have to throw this stuff out, though, right, Steve? I mean, he's just going to be in the mix everywhere, isn't he, on a weekly basis? Yeah, he was like Kozlowski. The Ford struggled here last year. He was 13th and 14th. The year before, he was fifth both races. So, for some reason, the Fords didn't do as well last season. He was fourth fastest in the first practice. Kyle Busch was second fastest today. 
Truex was only 11th fastest, but Truex has been top three in three of the last six races here. I mean, once again, whenever you have these big cookie-cutter tracks, there's no question Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Truex have been the dominant cars this year. But I think this week we could see someone like Larson or Chase Elliott sneak in, especially if it becomes a fuel mileage issue. By the way, Keselowski, very good with fuel mileage. Yeah, Truex never, uh, has never won here before, but he's always, he's always right in the mix. He led uh, combined 119 laps last year in the two races. Stephen Harrell, ProSportsInfo.com, covers experts. Congratulations on the caps, uh, Steve. I, I actually watched all the Stanley Cup. I, I found myself emotionally getting back into it, which is scary. <laughs> watch the trucks, watch the baseballs, and watch them tired. Lug- have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Stay or should he go? I don't really care if he does or not. Now, Hall of Fame voters are saying uh, they would have voted him in if they would have known he was going to be a jerk like this. Exactly. As a betting man, though, uh, he shows up. He will. Uh, he will end up showing up. He just wants. Uh, he wants attention. attention? He wants oh, yeah. he wants people to uh, to basically oh no oh, show no. up to you oh it's going to be great and uh, but really nobody really cares people have short memories to me it's it feels like the Washington Capitals winning the cup uh, was like last month already and uh, it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't uh, last night Julian Edelman on suspension I don't know what happened says Julian Edelman <laughs> what am I taking says I'm very sorry I don't know what happened I've taken many many tests and obviously over the course uh, of my career. Over the course of my career, nothing like this ever happened. I apologize to the Kraft family, my coaches, the teammates, and the fans. What about apologizing to your opponents that you've beaten while uh, playing on a performance enhancer? And uh, <laughs> your disdain for the Patriots, it's great. <laughs> it's so good. You just just any time that, that team name comes up, I just look at you in the vein. Well, Edelman didn't mention the fact yeah. that Alex Guerrero who is uh, Tom Brady's controversial trainer, released a statement about Edelman after the receiver suspension was announced. Due to the fact that Edelman had been uh, rehabbing his ACL at Guerrero's TB12 facility this offseason. So, like I said, Tom Brady... TB's on it. Yeah, he has a school to teach people how to cheat. That's like... It's it's institutionalized now. You know, Tom Brady, come to TB12 uh, facility and we'll hook you up with some steroids. We'll mask it. The trainer was quick to distance himself from Edelman and let everyone know he was not the reason the receiver was suspended. Well, now I believe that you are the reason because why would you release this statement if no one even thought of you? Exactly. Here at our facility, we take a natural, holistic, uh, and uh, appropriate, above all legal approach to training and recovery for all of our clients. Anyone who suggests otherwise is irresponsible and just plain wrong. I don't know. No one accused you of anything. You're the one denying. This is what they call in the legal uh, world. Um, it's like plausible deniability. 
It's uh, basically admission of guilt. It's sort of like if, um, you know, you spilt, uh, you spilt uh, something. You're a kid. You spilt something. And uh, your parents come home, and the first thing you say to them is, you know, I didn't spill anything. <laughs> right? Then you're obviously you are alerting them to the fact that, you know, you probably just spilled something. Why would you, uh, why would you say this? So this is a classic example of this. For this guy to come out and say, hey, I got nothing to do with this, <laughs> you do. Leads me to believe that somehow uh, you are behind this. Whatever. People people just shrug their shoulders. People are desensitized to the New England Patriots uh, cheating uh, right now. But it really is systematic and institutionalized. And, I, you know, I was kidding about it yesterday, but it's just fact. The coach is a cheater, a known repeated offender. Their quarterback, I don't think that it's the end of the world that he inflated footballs. But it was an advantage, and he blatantly lied about it. He smashed his cell phone. He lied about it continuously. He talked. Uh, he he. Nothing's under oath because it's not a real case. But you know his didn't, test. Didn't they have the conversation with the kids? Hey, what about the sneakers? His, what about all that? Remember the, all the stuff. The locker room guys. Yeah, his his testimony was basically when sending text to a locker room trainer who he really didn't know all that well were about um, deflating and did you lose the weight? Did you lose the weight? So the, the text message would come in on a Friday night or a Saturday before the game. You know, have the balls been deflated, so to speak? Tom Brady with a straight face said, I was asking him if he lost weight. He was on a diet. <laughs> which is actually, which is actually brilliant. Tom Brady's got a great lawyer. Like, he really does because it really is. Like, you know, that's the way the law works, basically. You just have to come up with something creative and stupid enough that, you know, okay, can we can we sell this right now? You know? Look, it's sort of like when Rob Ford. I just can't believe somebody's buying. Yeah, but that's, like, just, that's ridiculous. Like, when Rob Ford was, like, uh, got caught smoking crack, the yeah. former mayor of Toronto, he never should have admitted that it was crack. He should have just said, yes, it was a crack pipe, pipe. when I was smoking tobacco. Exactly. No one knows. They can't prove otherwise. Right? You know, there's Cam, it's like a tapestry, right? Oh, I like that. Tapestry. Everything life is like a tapestry. The legal system's like a tapestry. You just need to paint a beautiful picture for them. <laughs> a believable enough picture, right? So that's where I'm saying with this. So it's like, all right, we're being accused of deflating footballs. The accusation is they have our phone records and they see that you sent him a message saying did you handle the weight yet? Did you lose the weight yet? What do we say to this? It's brilliant for someone to say, you're talking about a diet. Exactly. Buddy was on a diet. You're asking him, hey, did you lose? How's the weight coming? Wouldn't, but, you, wouldn't you think it'd be a stooge move, though? Like, and obviously, Tom Brady thinks 10 steps ahead to say, Hey guys, did you get? Did, did you, did you, why would you say to deflate the balls? Like you got, if you're going to be but in this never, type yeah, of, but Tom Brady, yeah. Tom Brady actually did think ahead because he didn't say, "Did you deflate the footballs?" That's what I'm saying. He just said, "Hey, did you, did you handle well, the weight yet? Did you lose the weight?" But basically, if you're going to cheat and lie, be really good at it and have a, have a good story, which he does. And you know, the thing is, too, Tom Brady never in a million years ever expected that his phone records yeah. would get grabbed and subpoenaed in this. Yet he had to do it voluntarily. And, you know, it's so like I said, subpoena is a strong word. I mean, it was basically an arbitration sort of type of case more so. It wasn't in a court of law. But it's sort of like the special prosecutor. Brady was supposed to 
if you're innocent, it was one of these deals. If you're innocent, then show us your phone, yep. text messages, ever all not all your text messages. Just your text messages that you made to Patriot staff that would sort of be involved in this. And right away he got defensive about it. He said, Well, I'm not gonna show you my phone. And all right, I totally understand that if you're Tom Brady. You don't want to see, you know, text messages other of things Giselle's there. tips yep. and stuff exactly. like that. Yes. You know, you're not a hangover. I don't know, maybe he's doing other unscrupulous things that is none of their business on his phone. But he was supposed to, in good faith, say, all right, listen, if you got nothing to hide, it's like, all right, listen, I've, uh, I've dealt with this trainer. I got nothing to hide. Yeah, these are all the times I've texted him. These are my phone records. To read them. Go ahead. Look. I gave you permission to look and see what I said to them. So he got all hissy-fitty about it and turned over a few text messages. They got a hold of a few of them. And then Tom Brady basically took a sledgehammer, literally and fitterly, and smashed his phones up. <laughs> and he pulled a Hillary Clinton, and he smashed, like, the, the chips into little yep. pieces. And then they asked him, they said, well, why did you just smash all your phones? And uh, he said, oh, because I just got a new phone, and I always smash my old phone. Which is also somewhat of a plausible answer, but the circumstantial evidence just sort of adds up to... Well, every time there's some sort of situation here, you coincidentally, your phone's gone. Yep. The weight, the diet, you know. But it worked for Brady. But, you know, it worked, well, whatever. He got suspended, but, you know, it's gone. It's not the end of the world, et cetera. But you just add it up continuously. And the Patriots, it's repeated with these guys. It's repeated. You look at Julian Edelman, he looks like he's on steroids. Yeah, he does. He does. He plays like he's on steroids. He's all ripped up. He's a little dude. He's all ripped up. He's an overachiever. Well, do you remember him playing college football, which you do at Kent State as a quarterback? Yeah. He was not. He doesn't look like the Julietta Edelman we see now, Gabe. You say, you talk about, obviously, some guys when they go from college to the pros. Yeah, they put on muscle, but he's a totally different man. He's a Everything about him is bigger, quicker, everything. And it's not as if, though, listen, players cheat on every team, all right? There's yeah. people taking steroids on every team. But it just seems to me that the Patriots seem to cheat a hell of a lot more. Get away with a lot of stuff. Well, I don't know if they get away with a lot of stuff. They get caught more than anyone else. They're not getting away with it because they get caught more than anyone else. So it's hard to say they get away with more than anything. They get nailed every year for something. And think about, well, I'm thinking if you're getting nailed for that stuff, how much are you actually doing then that's not getting nailed? That's kind of the, kind of the situation, right? If you're only getting caught with this stuff... If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. They're probably doing a lot of stuff, a lot more stuff. And the thing is, after the fact, the Patriots always do the same thing after. Like Edelman, I don't know what happened. You know what I mean? Listen, yeah. he's not – and the whole thing is, too, where he's full of it is – so he says, I don't know what happened. All right? So if you don't know what happened, then you're not releasing a statement saying, I'm very sorry to the Kraft family, my coaches, and my yeah. teammates – you were saying right now, this is complete bullshit. I don't know what happened. I didn't take anything. See, it's just, it's he's classic. He's trying to have it both ways. So he, he sort of says, I don't know what happened. You know, I'm kind of innocent on this. But at the same point in time, I'm really, really, really sorry. sorry. Yeah. Well, you can't be he's, both. Yeah. Like, why would you be sorry if, you didn't do anything if wrong, you're right? innocent and this is a misunderstanding and a yeah. screw job? You would adamantly say, this is complete garbage. There's no way in hell that I failed a steroid test. Because I don't do steroids. Plain and simple. But instead, I don't know what happened. Oh, but I'm very, 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 very sorry. You know, that's, yeah, it's, you know I see through these, uh, these press releases, man. <laughs>
people don't want to call him out for it. And it really hasn't been a big that much of a big of a deal for some reason, this story. You know, it's just another athlete testing positive for steroids, but it's an athlete on one of the better teams that really have been aided and abetted by their cheating over the years. They don't beat the Rams if they don't steal their playbook. I don't know how they got the script, however they got it. No one will ever really know that, but they did. Seattle helped them in just making bad decisions down the stretch of that game. There's a reason why there's a reason why the Rams got shut out in the first half of that game and scored 17 points in the second half of that game. Because the New England Patriots knew the Rams first like 20 30 plays. The Rams had the first like half scripted essentially. Like, every play, do this, we're going to go this, we're going to throw here, we're going to bang, bang, bang. It was all designed. Most teams have the first, like, sort of drive scripted, or some teams were sort of the first quarter scripted, but the Rams were, like, very detailed, right? So they... Great to show on turf team, very detailed. Yeah, so they had basically a, a script that they had, and I know, I've had Ram players on the show that have told me this, and I've had Patriot players that have admitted it all, but knowing that, and, you know, you could just say that's good scouting. But basically, when Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce and stuff were lining up, the Patriot players were already where they were supposed to be before Bruce and Holt would get there. So basically, the Patriot (laughs) players were smart, and they knew, all right, they're going to run this play now, and when they run that play, it means Bruce is going on the inside here. So, like, Isaac Bruce and Torrey Holt, they started to catch on. Like, shit, these guys are, like, a step ahead of us here. Like, they know... And then the Rams, like, basically realized this late midway through the second quarter that, you know what, something's not right here. Like, they know they know something. Like, they're – and the Rams actually thought it was, like, the signals because they were like, what the hell is going on? They're, they're on top of us. They know everything we're doing, basically. And we got Kurt Warner, but they're a step ahead of us. And then they clued in, I think, that, all right, whatever, let's redo this. And they came out, bang, 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 bang. In the second came half, back. they started moving yep. the ball because the Patriots really didn't have the – they didn't have an advantage, right? Too bad they didn't figure it out earlier. You could say it's great coaching. I mean, look, the Minnesota Vikings said the same thing about the Philadelphia Eagles after that NFC Conference Championship game. They didn't accuse yeah. them of cheating. They just had the game plan. The Minnesota Viking players all said after. They said, man, we tip our cap to the Eagles and their defensive coordinator, um, Schwartz, Yep. All the Great Viking court. offensive players said the same thing. They said, man, these guys were so well coached. They knew what we were going to do. And they didn't accuse them of all that in our playbook. But they just said they knew our tendencies. They were like they knew every of, every of our little tricks the Eagles took away. Like they talked about like little screen plays that work for the Vikings and stuff. The Eagles knew about it and said, all right, don't yep. bite on this. They're yep. going to – you. they want the cornerback to bite. Just stand there. there. Don't move. And that's all it takes. Suddenly the cornerback doesn't over-pursue. He yep. stands there. Case Keenum's like, oh, shit. I always just dump this off to McKinnon, yep. but I can't because he's covered. And, I'll tell and you it sort of unravels, and it's, it yes. gets in their head. You that's know? the thing. And you, when you're Case Keenum, who's had all that success, and that, and you find out those things are happening, you get rattled quick. He's not like he's some KG veteran that's been in tons of big situations before. This isn't the University of Houston. No, but this is that, where they, good coaching that, comes yeah, into oh, play. Definitely, definitely. Good coaches can put their players in a position to win. Schwartz is a damn good coach. Listen, the players have to do the job, but that that's the whole thing. That's all the coach can do. When I look for when I judge a coach, did he put his players in a position to win in the NFL? I've talked about it with Gruden in Washington. Yep. 
Gruden's an awkward guy. He doesn't get along with people. He doesn't talk well to people. He's kind of an awkward man. But he's his schemes man. are freaking good. They are. So, like, guys are always open. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's giving the guys, like, listen, you're going to get open. If you listen to me, you'll get open. You know, and if you're a quarterback, listen to me, you'll have three guys open. Some guys don't. Like, the Buffalo Bills have always felt with Tyrod Taylor. They never put him in a position to succeed. They always told Tyrod Taylor, don't um, don't run so much. Stay in the pocket and throw the football. Cam, he's six feet tall. If he's lucky, he's six feet. He can't read. Like, I'm not saying he's illiterate in real life, but he can't read defenses. No. He runs. Yeah. He's, it's like telling, his weapon is his feet. It's like telling Steph Curry, listen, stop shooting the ball so much and play, you know. Tyrod Taylor, so for all these years with the Bills, Ty, they were holding Tyrod back instead of just saying, all right, listen, he is who he is. Instead of, like, making him try to fit into our, my offense, just let him run around for a couple of years. You, notice you know he, what I mean? You could say what you want about Pete Carroll, but the way the Russell Wilson situation, he makes all of those plays basically breaking three tackles, running around in circles, and finding Doug Baldwin open after yeah, that. but that's not a good game plan. No, that's because they have a horrible offensive line. Yeah. <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks game plan is uh, Russell Wilson. They snap the ball, run yeah. for your run, life. Run, run. Yeah, run, run, run. <laughs> run, Russell. <laughs> I can't believe actually how effective he is for for the line that they put out there. Like, it, it's, it, it's, it's amazing how good this guy is, man, because any other quarterback would be murdered in, with some of the situations he's been in. But I'm with you on Taylor. We'll we'll, we'll see what happens. You got to you got to let a guy be who he is. And he, he has a no one thing about Tyrod they'll Taylor. Let him, they'll he, let him. He can really throw the damn. That he's got a nice little live arm too. Like he's I, got I, a good deep ball. He's got a good deep ball. But uh, his accuracy, accuracy on short balls yes. are terrible. Yeah, I agree. No, his accuracy on deep passes are or second good. to none. It's yes. amazing. Like very very strange for a quarterback that's sort of average. He can throw the deep he ball. That's perfectly. why. Uh, that's why he'll be a very good um, – he's a good fit with Cleveland with the receivers that they have. Yep. The Bills never really had any good deep down the f- down the field serious weapons. And uh, the Coleman kid out of Baylor is a real speed burner. Yep. So he can run vertical threats right down the field. Um, I think as well, look, they drafted a quarterback, right? So – and Baker Mayfield. Now, I don't – I'm not a big Baker Mayfield fan, but the point being – Baker Mayfield's going to be the quarterback there sooner rather than later, I would imagine. But they don't need to hold Tyrod Taylor back. It's not like, oh, to teach Tyrod Taylor to change his style now. It's like, listen, Tyrod Taylor's our quarterback for a year here, maybe two max, but probably a year. Let's just let him run around, do crazy things, and throw bombs to Gordon and Coleman. He's got Jarvis Landry. There's a lot to like about the Cleveland. I agree. Their defense is getting better, too. But their win total of five and a half is a little high for me. Just because of the huge accent factor. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game time decisions.
level two. Game time decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio. Don't forget, you can win uh, two tickets to a 2018 World Series baseball game. Go to dailyrodo.com slash DKMS, and uh, you can help eradicate uh, the fight against uh, blood cancer. Um, two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Fantastic. Sounds like a good time. Sure does. Could really use some uh, tickets there, Marenzi. Uh, it's, it's, money's tight. It'd be nice to get something for free. And you better pick some winners. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, it was a good, a good night last night. You better pick some winners. Good night last night. Let's over at uh, mybookie.ag. I'm there right now. Great, great horse rebates, too. That's right. 8%. We've got a triple crown uh, race this week. Belmont Stakes. Uh, we'll get into uh, we'll get uh, into that. Uh, but as we talk about, uh, yeah, DKMS, great, uh, they're a great organization. Every three minutes, an American is diagnosed with blood cancer, and only 30% of all blood donor patients are able to find a compatible bone marrow donor in their family. Go to dailyroto.com slash DKMS. Find out how you can help eradicate blood cancer and play free daily fantasy baseball with a shot of winning two tickets to a 2018 World Series game. Let's bring in Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, sportsmemo.com. SBR uh, YouTube picks uh, video page as well. Babano, always a pleasure. What's going on? Yeah, I'm doing good. It's a uh, you know fantastic uh, day. It's a lazy kind of Friday afternoon, but it's amazing how things can get a little more interesting when you've got access to an HPI bet account. So that's keeping things a little more interesting right now for me. He's into the ponies today, Gabe. He's into the ponies. Lazy, lazy Friday afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what world you're living in, Babano. <laughs> We're doing uh, we're doing a three hour radio show. You're nothing lazy about it. No, you guys are the hardest working men in sports uh, media right now. You don't have to convince me of that. Actually, like, uh, you know what, Babano? I'll tell I'll tell you something from a guy that plays a lot of pony Friday. It's a it's a good day at the track because the, all the big guys are going there. You got uh, Churchill, Belmont, uh, Gulfstream. You know what I mean. You don't have to worry about uh, Louisiana Downs and a couple other B tracks. Like all the big boys are going today, and the pools oh. the pools are nice and juicy. Well, thank you to my horse handicapping people that know everything about it that I don't know about it. Yeah, we're able to play some of this stuff. Belmont, Laurel Park, uh, Santa Anita, Arlington, go on down the list. I mean, there's a bunch of tracks in place. So, you know, I decided, hey, they send me horse picks. I don't normally bet them, but, hey, it's Friday afternoon. It's a quiet sports day, just baseball. you got NBA finals tonight. Let's play some horses, see how we do. It's not that quiet, right, Marenzi? Yeah, WNBA. You got Marenzi's hit WNBA games. Yeah, not soccer, that quiet. international friendlies, and yeah, golf exactly. matchup bets. A lot of stuff going on. You know, I should just bet during the day. Yesterday yeah. we went uh, two and three and zero oh in the afternoon. Uh, one and zero oh in the baseball. Two soccer winners. Uh, got my ass handed to me last night. Uh, I was on the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Crushed my account. And then this morning, I'm like, wow, whatever, man. Let's. Um, I see some. There's some international soccer uh, going on, so I jump in. I win a, a soccer parlay, and then I see that the um, the Atlanta Dream and the Las Vegas Aces are playing, and uh, I jump in on the over. And I tell you what, the game was sailing under the number. Man, it was 162 and a half the total. They only scored a combined 32 points uh, in the first, 37 in the second. It uh, and they ended up putting up over 100 points combined in the second half. So <laughs> our WNBA picks have been freaking fire. And I'm not forcing it. I'm not betting every WNBA no. game, only if I sort of see if I like it. But Seattle went outright last night, yeah, too. Yeah, I was on it. What were they, 22 points? They won eight. by 22, but yeah. they're eight-point dogs. They're eight-point dogs. I know, but they crushed. Uh, they crushed. The game stayed under, though, so I yeah, split yeah. that one. I split that one. I'm now uh, I'm actually tracking it. I'm now eight and three. 
Not bad. Eight and three oh, in the WNBA. That. That's how you make money. I was six and two going into last night. I split last night. So I'm now yeah, I'm now eight and three um, in, in the WNBA. So, yeah, we'll see. And there's a couple more games coming up later. But anyways. That's a pearl of wisdom. I tell a lot of people, you guys, if you can find one of the minor sports, the lesser known sports, the lesser paid attention to sports and find out information and get edges that the odds makers don't pay attention to because they just don't have the time to focus on leagues like that. You go for it. You attack it and you try to get profit that way. Yeah, but they do have time to focus on it. Everyone's betting the WNBA. Like WNBA action this year is through the roof. It's crazy. They always start that one game early. They have one game they're in the doing afternoon. A good job. They're, yeah, they're splitting. It's like four, seven, they're ten. Playing, they're playing. Yeah, there's yeah. no, there's no like. I hear what you're saying, Babano. Yeah. Um, you know that's why a lot of people like betting on MMA. But yeah, with the WNBA, I know what you mean. I mean, there's they're smaller limits, and it's not the same as the NFL. But it's not. There's no free passes. The lines are sharp everywhere. The WNBA has been around a while. And, yeah, the WNBA seemingly have games on all the time now. They play at, like, 11 in the morning sometimes, yeah. 2 in the afternoon. They're, they're all over the place. Yesterday they played in Washington, and uh, they had a game scheduled in Washington yesterday, the Mystics. But, of course, the Capitals, you know, the Stanley Cup, and uh, the Capitals have, like, viewing parties in the arena. Yep. So what happened was tickets for the Mystics game were going for as high as $1,500 yesterday. Wow. Because they moved the Mystics game to 4 o'clock. So basically, people wanted, so you go to the Mystics game and you knew you were going to be in the in the building to watch the game for the party. Amazing. So the Mystics game was a sellout yesterday. And the thing is, the Washington Capitals realized what was going on, that people were charging $1,500 for Mystics tickets. Just so people could, and people were paying $1,500 so they could watch the Stanley Cup game in the Washington okay. Arena for a game that wasn't even there. And uh, they made it for free because they said, no, no, we don't want people getting ripped off paying thousands of dollars to get in here tonight. So they made the Mystics games free. Wow. They reimbursed anyone that bought the tickets to screw the scalpers over. Know what I like? And then the Mystics filled the building up. They ended up losing the Mystics, though. <laughs> That's amazing, though. <laughs> that they actually refunded the people the money. That's a class move. Yeah. Class yeah. move. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Was I one think- of the guests... That- yeah, I was going to say, it was one of the guests that was on prior to me today, Steve Merrill, all giddy with the Capitals winning the Cup. Wasn't he a Capital fan at one time? Yeah, yeah. He, was, yeah. Uh, he told he was, us a great story. He took a puck in the head at yeah, his he first got, game. He got too. hit in the head with a puck stitches. as a nine-year-old, he said, at a Capital game. <laughs> yeah, no, Steve used to be hardcore. They wore him out and frustrated him, but he was, yeah, he said that he's wearing a Capital jersey today when he went out. and uh, Everyone's buzzing about the Caps. Uh, he's in Virginia in the area, so... All right, so the question is, what about tonight? Will there be another championship tonight? And uh, hopefully uh, someone's going to flash. Uh, it's on you, Cleveland. Hopefully some chick's yeah, going to pop her flash. top. Like, did you see that, Babano, last night? We talked about it earlier. Hot chick uh, with a massive rack flashed her rack at uh, the Washington Capitals when they won the Cup. She pressed up against the glass. We're trying to find out who the, who the woman is, actually. Um, so uh, tonight, will Golden State win tonight? Do you think it's a sweep? I think it is. Uh, I think Cleveland, you know, I don't know how, like if if you're Cleveland, how do you bounce back from game three? Uh, that was tough. You came out strong, came out roaring. Uh, Gabe and I, you and I, Gabe, were sitting and watching that second half pretty much together on the late night show. 
Wednesday night. We saw what happened. Uh, it was a timid LeBron James. It was a guy that was passing instead of shooting. He was deferring to his teammates, deferring to the likes of Tristan Thompson. I still don't understand why. Uh, unfortunately, it was not one of his better games. Now, I unloaded on LeBron props that night, and I know a couple people that have unloaded on LeBron props tonight because he thinks, hey, this could be his final home game. He doesn't want to get swept at home in his way out of Cleveland, but I have a hard time believing that Cleveland's got that mental fortitude to bounce back from that kind of loss. And Golden State, clearly with their second half performance, showed the killer instinct. At least Kevin Durant did. He was phenomenal. He's the reason they won that game. They only got a good performance out of Durant, and they still beat Cleveland on the road. That's the concern if you're for the for the Cavs. I mean, what if Clay and Curry get going tonight? So I think they're in tough I don't love laying four and a half guys, but I'd have to lean Warriors. I think they can close it out and get the brooms out tonight. Just to play devil's advocate, Bobana, you know that uh, Cleveland's been in the situation before where they actually, everyone thinking, hey, they're going to win that other game when they're down two to nothing. They lose game, game three and they come back and actually win. It's happened before. Just to look at the line movement, I was telling Gabe in the first game, it just kept on going down. It started off at five and a half and we had three and a half by game time. This nine, people aren't in a rush after seeing Cleveland, the rush to the window to bet them again. I don't know. I'm actually going to kind of do the reversal thing, and I'm going to take the points tonight. I know it's not the you know the, the thing to do, but I have a feeling because too many people were on Cleveland the first game. I'm going back to them tonight. Yeah, I mean the bandwagon will be empty, Cam. It's a good point that that Cleveland bandwagon was really full in Game Three. They got burned. Uh, and now they're going to be a little gun-shy going back to them here in Game 4. For that reason, you know, if you're anti-public, you might want to be on that Cavalier side tonight getting the four and a half. These are tricky games for me, personally, betting-wise. These 3 nothing games, you know, when you're looking at one team, you wonder if they've got anything left in the tank. You know Golden State's the superior team. You know that if they have any sort of killer instinct in them tonight, it could be trouble for the home team. I was thinking to look at the the game. What about the if you like Golden State? What about highest uh, point score of the night? Some stuff you like Warriors. Kevin Durant's plus three twenty five. Be honest, plus nah, I'm worn out with all that crap. <laughs> <laughs> nah, You're just, done with props. Nah, Tap I'm, just being, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm done with it. Like I lost like four LeBron props the other night. The guy gets a triple double. Yet somehow yeah. all the individual props stay under somehow. Like I, it's <laughs> how's that possible? Oh, it's <laughs> because he it's piled true. up the, the rebounds was, and assists. He yeah, piled up the rebounds and assists. Yeah. No points. Not enough points. Uh, Only the plus 175 triple double. I swear to God, he missed like eight layups. Oh, I know. And then even in the second half, I remember Ben on the fourth quarter, he started taking it to the free throw line all the time. And then he just stopped. Um, the, the warrior props are all too sharp. I'm sick of it. I've ruined like a couple of games where I've been right on the game and I end up giving back a ton of it on the stupid props. So tonight I, I'm worn out with the props. The Golden State Warriors are minus 175 on the money line tonight. Cleveland Cavaliers are plus 155. To me, this number should be 7.5. There's just not enough value to take the Cleveland Cavaliers, in my opinion, here. Um, looking at the minus 175, though, on the money line, what's the point? Is it going to be close? I don't know. With my luck, it will be. Because if I say, if I say, oh, you know, they're going to beat them and they don't need a 4.5, they'll route them. With my luck, no. They'll win by, you know, I see they'll saying. win by four. I, I see what you're saying, yeah. Gabe, but I'm, I'm actually looking at it the other way, that the line is low enough to, like, that's the thing. It should be Golden State, maybe six and It's a half too low, whatever. Camp. They've quit. I, 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 don't, I don't know, man. I'm just telling you, I, the fact that the line is staying where it is tells me I think Cleveland's got a chance tonight. i got to tell you, Babano, the lines have been weird with Cleveland the entire playoffs. Remember even going back to the Raptors series? They were just baffling. They, like that those, yeah, they were. 
Strange lines, I know. Uh, it is. I hear what you're saying. It's almost yeah. like they're scared. You're saying it should be six and a half, seven, but yeah. it's not. Correct, Gretzky. So it's a trap. Kind of like we talk about the bait, and you put the line in the water. Well, you know what? Maybe I'm a sucker, but I'm putting my line in the water, looking for one fish with the calves, Babano. That's the thing. That is. It's a great point about the lack of a line adjustment because we've seen it in so many series past in the NBA playoffs, not only this year, but going back the last couple of years. That team that goes up 3 nothing, they're supposed to be a point or two higher in the next game, in Game 4, trying to close out and sweep the series. But we're not seeing that here. We're not seeing Golden State 6, 6.5 here. We're still seeing that 4.5 plastered everywhere like it was in Game 3. No adjustment at all. I don't see any CFL lines up yet. Yeah, what's going on here? I was just going to ask Bobano about the, the couple CFL yeah. games tonight. So what's going are on? They here? Getting, are, they, the are they getting killed by people? That's what I'm starting to wonder. Are they you not, know, losing not by me. over these? Not by, no. not by me. <laughs> hey, I had Ottawa last night. Good call. Thanks, buddy. Good call. <laughs> I just, it was just I'm getting tired of the CFL. Field play. I'm getting tired of the CFL preseason crap, yeah, too. Let's get the real game. I, 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 I stay out of it. I stay out of it when it comes to preseason betting-wise, yeah. Tonight, I want to see this Edmonton-BC line, as, or sorry, Winnipeg and BC line, Winnipeg Blue Bombers-BC lines. Our boy Darsh, I saw, was tweeting out earlier to us about, look, you want, you look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, a lot of injuries, uh, but Bano, they're beat up right now. They can't, you know, they don't care about this football game tonight. No, they don't. And I'll tell you what, they were scared out of their minds a couple of days ago when they saw Matt Nichols go down in practice, backpedaling on a uh, throwing drill, ends up going down. Nobody even touches him. He just went down. Uh, they thought it could have been a torn ACL out for the season. Thankfully, it's only a sprain, and it's four to six weeks. But still, I mean, it's a devastating blow for the Blue Bombers losing Matt Nichols. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the CFL, came into his own as a number one guy. Mike O'Shea doesn't want to take any more chances. I'm sure that was enough right there to say, hey, let's go to B.C., Let's evaluate our depth. Let's put nothing but second, third, and fourth stringers in there. Let's give them the time to evaluate. We can't risk any more injuries. So, yeah, I can't imagine anything more on the minds of the Blue Bombers and Mike O'Shea tonight than let's get this game over with. Let's get everybody as healthy as can be and get the heck out of there and get ready for the regular season. All right, so what's your uh, what's your baseball? Uh, what was your baseball video pick of the day today, Babano? Uh, I, I can't figure this one out because it keeps moving it, uh, in the direction that I didn't expect it to be moving, and that's Seattle-Tampa Bay. Uh, Seattle opened a huge road favorite here, minus 140, and now it's down about even money on both sides. And In fact, Tampa Bay's a slight home favorite here. I don't understand it. I mean, Wilmer Font's the starter for the Rays. He's a bullpen guy. It's going to be a bullpen game, something the Tampa Bay Rays have done a lot of lately have these bullpen relievers starting the game and just patched the game together with a bunch of relievers pitching. Meanwhile, on the other side, you got Seattle, red-hot baseball team, playing great, neck-and-neck neck with Houston atop the AL West, and Marco Gonzalez has been great lately. He's pitched really good ball for the Mariners. Uh, you're getting the better team at now even money here. Uh, I can't figure it out, so I'm on Seattle there. Seems like a short line to... Uh... I know uh, Cincinnati, that was a gritty win they had against Colorado, but the, the Dreamweaver going up against uh, Harvey's uh, Burgers. Oh, hey, hey, Harvey, since he's gone to Cincinnati, Gabe, we got to give him a little bit of credit. He hasn't been that gas can he was with the Mets, but uh, St. Louis uh, 40 cents has caught my eye. Bano, you have an opinion on that one? Harvey makes your starting rotation a horrible thing, and that's really what he's been doing lately. <laughs> Matt Harvey for the uh, Mets and now the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, you really can't. You can't trust the guy, and I certainly don't. Uh, I kind of like St. Louis there tonight. Better team. It's not a terrible impost, minus 135 to go against Harvey right now. 
Do we have the Do we have the biggest line of the season, Marenzi? You see that sale line, Red Sox versus White Sox, three forty. I'm seeing three fifty uh, out there. Three fifty. There's a high. There's, there's, there's been there, higher than three fifty. There's There's been higher. I think there was a close to a four hundred. Four hundred. It might have been with Kershaw earlier this year. I think there. I think there was. I saw it. That was in the three ten uh, range. So yeah, creeping up to three forty. Uh, right now with sales. Sales been hit hard in his last two games actually tonight, but against the White Sox here. Yeah. Kobe? I don't know, buddy. <laughs> yeah, especially last night. Our boy uh, oh, yeah, our boy got what, what, what beaks? Yeah. Yeah, we we know we got our beaks wet. Yeah. Was, was yeah. No, there's nothing worse but bad on daily back, fantasy. Back, back to the international league for you, Jalen Beaks. Our yeah. boy Jess our boy Jesse tunes in. He's yeah. like uh, beak was bleak. Yeah, he was bleak. Yeah, it was bleak. Bleak, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Babana. We got to get out of here. Have a good one, buddy. Have a good weekend, boys. See ya. Follow him on Twitter, Babano, Ian Cameron. Yeah. I Dil- remember Dylan Bundy game when I had him that night. Give up ten runs in the first inning against the Royals. I'm just going to parlay Strasburg and Sale. Yeah, lots of big favorites tonight. Come sail away. Come, Come sail, sail away. away. Come sail away with me. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. L.A. Dodger, Houston Astro Parlay pays uh, plus 126. It's not bad. You've got uh, Bueller on the hill tonight. Bueller. Verlander Bueller. for the Strohs. Yeah. Verlander and Fister for uh, Texas. Fister. So if you play DFS, if you're a DFS uh, player and you haven't tried uh, playing over at mybookie.ag, check out their player props. Uh, if you haven't, you're missing out. Their player prop uh, tools allow you to avoid sharks winning 90% of the money in DFS. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. Forget having to create multiple lineups. Ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches. Go to mybookie.ag, open up a new account, enter promo code GTD. You're going to receive a 50% deposit bonus. Let's say a player like uh, Chris Sale, who will be in a heavy chalk uh, tonight. Oh, you're he's he, gonna be eating chalk. going to be owned in a ton of tournaments because everyone thinks the play is obvious. Don't be a loser and eat the DFS chalk. You can win money betting on Chris Sale instead of sharing that money with Drew Dinkmeyer. Be a winner and play mybookie.ag. Check out their player prop uh, duels. Plus, you can bet on the Belmont Stakes uh, tomorrow. And the question is, will Justify win the Triple Crown? I got to be honest, Cam. I'm kind of torn on this. I think he's the best horse in the field. Yet, you know what? This is his sixth race in a a span of 111 days. Good call. Now, he's only raced. This is his sixth race of his career. So, He's never done this before, and that's what makes the that's what always makes the last leg of the Triple Crown so difficult for the horses that come in here. You know, since Affirmed won in uh, 1978, 
There's been 14 horses, actually, that went to Belmont with an opportunity to win and only won one. American Pharaoh in yep. 2015. Correct. With Victor Espinoza. Yeah, and the same Trafford. Uh, same uh, Bob, tra- Trafford. Yeah. Same Rick, trainer, woo, Bob Rick, Bafford. Ric Flair, Bob ba- Bafford. So, yeah, Bafford can win another Triple Crown here. It's a tough one. It's it's, it's very it's, difficult. I'm going to tell you something, though, Morenci. If you like Justify, I'm, I'm on my MyBookie.ag uh, right now, and the Justify was minus 200 uh, earlier in the week. It's minus 140. Good news for Justify, though. Great training works. I've heard good things around reading the reports, and I'll tell you another thing. They're expecting a little bit of rain on uh, on Sunday at Belmont. Well, that's a dream for You know Justify. what? Justify loves a slop. Well, he's both the, both the races. That's the thing. The he, uh, he, he absolutely powers through the slop, and that is a huge advantage. So I'm going to tell you one thing. If, it, if, if, if it's raining and I can get Justify at the number, I'm probably going to bet on Justify. If it's not, I think there's a couple other horses that uh, need to, to be looked at. Hofberg looks very, very dangerous. Uh, a guy I respect likes a Bravazo at seven to one. Hofberg's at four to one, and I think a really real Doug O'Neill hasn't entered in the race. I think is a really uh, interesting long shot in Blended Citizen at eighteen to one. I think uh, might uh, be able to have the pedigree for this race. But if it rains, you said it, buddy, man. Like that soft track. Justify loves rain. Justify loves the slop, and that's great news. If you want a triple crown with Justify, you want showers deluxe at Belmont on Sunday, buddy. So something to keep uh, keep an eye on the weather there for sure. Uh, Gronkowski's got a horse here called Gronkowski. Gronkowski yep, twenty one to one. He is the six horse. Throw him out. He doesn't have a hope in hell uh, in winning. Um, that that's that's not happening uh, there. Uh, Cam mentioned a couple of the more dangerous horses. I think the the horse with the the horse, listen, the horse that gave Justify, the rival of Justify, for the most part, has been good magic. Your good magic isn't in this race. Now, we should note that five, I believe it's five of the last nine Belmont Stake winners, the race has been won by horses that weren't in the Preakness, but were in the Kentucky Derby, that actually finished sixth place or worse. So a lot of times people will look and see a horse that, oh, I didn't do well in the Kentucky Derby, and you sort of scratch them. A lot of times it has something to do uh, with the ride uh, that the uh, that the horse had along the way. Very true. And speaking of which, in this in this situation, will be Noble Indy, Noble Indy, the nine horse at thirty to one. Todd Pletcher train Javier Castellano is uh, on on the mount uh, here. It's a dangerous horse. He's a dangerous horse that's that's world class. That's right in this the, in the mix. The number's just too high here. Because uh, I got to tell you, Cam, I guarantee you, there's you know every dumb Patriot fan out there. Sorry, Taylor. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Stevens is getting mad. Uh, uh, in right uh, the two days in a row, just there. ripping the Patriots. Sorry, Taylor. We we love yeah. you, but uh, sorry, yeah. it just has to happen. You know what? Actually, uh, I would actually uh, do a, a special. They better test Gronkowski's horse like a lot. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's see what kind of hay and oats he's eating. Well, yeah, as as somebody in the horse industry and somebody that's a football <laughs> fan that knows the Patriots well, yes. Would you put it past Gronkowski to cheat? No, no of course not. <laughs> I might. Uh, you know what? I think I'm going to call the New York. Uh, I'm going to call the New York uh, State Athletic Commission yeah. in the morning, just to make sure. Yeah. Sort of like golf. Yeah. Hello, yes, uh, Phil Mickelson uh, touched the ball. He made yeah. contact. I think you want to look into this. I saw Carl Peterson's pant leg hit that ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, are you kidding me? That's the best, though, that it's, fans can call it. I wonder, first of all, I've always where, wondered, you where do you get the number? I don't know. Where you is the number? Should, how come you don't have the number? You're a big golf guy. I know. Well, should. I should have influenced some damn tournaments. And I'm such well, you can call in, like, when they're moving the boulder for Tiger Woods and say, listen, oh, yeah, that's a, you can't move that. That's not a uh, loose you know? impediment. That's a boulder. 
Like, can you imagine if you could do this for baseball? Like, if they had, like, a hotline, MLB? It's like, yeah, listen, I thought in the second inning that was a strike there, right? So, uh, you're, you know, you guys should really look into this and do something about it. Like, golf is the only sport where they really do. There's a hotline. I don't know. I don't know where these people get the number. I don't. I don't think they don't give it away. They don't give it out on the broadcast. No, because I don't know where you get people call yeah. in. Hey, yeah, right, right. Tiger, they yeah. figure you know what? If you're smart enough to find a number on your own, they'll you, respect you. They'll respect your opinion. Great point. Yeah, I'll tell you one thing. But if you didn't know the that, rules guys, have changed, the rules are changing a lot because of people. I if think you a lot guys of people didn't know that, that though, guys. Like, uh, yeah, with golf, because there's no referee in golf. No, you so, you watch your yeah. There's a marshal. There's a few marshals on these courses, but they're not. You know what I mean? They they're not see, rules implementers. They don't see everything. No, exactly. They don't. And they're not rule exactly. They're not it's not their job. They're there to ask a question to. Hey, listen, is this tree in play here? Yeah. Yeah. What's this is this count on your course? You can ask the marshal, you know, what's the distance? I'm confused about something here. You know what I mean? You Actually, can, I don't even think you can ask. Uh, a distance is weird in the PGA Tour. You're not even supposed to do that. You're just supposed just basically like where did the ball really, land? Really? But I'm saying like let's that, say yeah. if there's an extenuating yeah. circumstance. Yes, I understand. Wind blew the flagstick away. You could say, you know what I mean. You could call the guy over and say, "Listen, I'm that's a little, how, that's how stuck we're a little up, wondering here." That's how stuck up. But golf you, is, you'll see a lot of golfers though. They don't want to make a shot first because they don't want to. They don't want to do no. something, so they'll call the guy over. Listen, can I do this? Yes. You know what I mean. You can ask the guy, "Can yeah. I do this?" Each group, each group has a rules guy with yeah. them in the major. So, but I'm just saying, in. yeah, you don't see all the time that if Dustin Johnson just sort of boots the ball out of the wood like briefly. I don't know. What's the most blatant, egregious, like egregious, like cheating on golf? Like who's really been nailed? Like holy crap, this guy's like blatantly cheating. Because you know as well as I do, if Phil could get away with it, he would. That's the thing. Like Phil would be that guy if you played with him. He's in the woods and he'd just throw it back. Hey, look, I found it, guys. Hey, it's a bang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Title is three with P- yeah. with PM on it. <laughs> like who's the? Like I'm thinking of blatant cheaters since we're talking about the Patriots so yeah. much. One of the best ones, and I still get a laugh out of it, although I'll be mad if I ran in the marathon, was that Rosie Ruiz chick. Oh, it yeah. was the Boston Marathon, and uh, she took the subway. She basically started yep. the race, so she was seen. She ran. She ducked out, got on the subway system, went way ahead of everybody, waited around until, yep. like, the end, Jump back in the pack and hey! was like, hey, I won. <laughs> and she got away with it for a couple of yep. days until people were like, yeah, we saw her, but we didn't. And then they realized that she wasn't all they could tell, too. She wasn't worn. Like, you run a marathon. Oh, you're dead. You're crawling. It's the yeah. collapse. You can barely walk. Your legs are all bloody. <laughs> your ankles. She's fresh with her mascara on still. <laughs> yeah. Hey, look at me. It was like when little Bart won the Springfield Marathon. That's, oh, yeah. He was Giuseppe from Italy. I tell you, that was the that, that episode was horrible. He sold out when Millhouse actually was going to win, and Bart Bart sold out Millhouse. Like, Fred, Fred, he's like lying there. Sorry, pal, and he just went in there. Like, I felt so bad for Millhouse. He could have just that was his time to shine, and he just couldn't get it done. Game. Yeah. So Gronkowski, <laughs> Gronkowski's got no chance. Yeah. This this, this this horse. Uh, he's a, he's he's not going to win. He's the British horse. No, no, exactly. These horses don't do well when they come over here. Cam, he's never run on dirt before in his life. This doesn't seem to be. And a now good you're going to run on the longest track in America, essentially. Yeah, tur- yeah, yeah. You're, so you're a turf, you're a turf horse going to dirt. No thanks. That's a, a recipe for disaster. But you said it though. Some of these horses they, they, that, that come out freshened. I think and, if you and have had yeah. some time off, Gabe, those are the guys you got to worry about. Like, remember what happened before? This happens all the time. Like, and guys used to go nuts. He's like, damn it. 
I, I, I like that one owner. He wanted to rule that you had to participate in all three. Like he, he got got sick and tired of people coming out and going. You know what? My horse can't win here, can't win here. But he's a perfect horse for the Belmont. He's a stone cold closer. And a lot of guys who had triple crown uh, horses there, like this is beep. This is bullshit. You got to participate. Like it's almost like you're missing. You're mi- you're missing a race. Like they, they don't like the fact that you could just pick and choose what races you go to. That's, you what, should, makes, that's you should, what makes it so hard to win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, if you really want to be the best, you you take on all comers. That's what that's, I agree too. That's what the guy was saying. He goes, if you want to be the best, like American Pharaoh was the best horse. That horse took on everybody in one. And like not just Victor Espinosa, one of the best jocks in the world. That horse went through every single obstacle, every type of competition, every type of weather condition, surface. It didn't matter. Boom, boom, boom. Winner, winner, winner. Justifies get a win. If it's if it's sloppy, I really like that horse. If it is or it is, it he's gonna win. You like Justify? Yeah. It's only laying forty cents now, buddy. It's right down there like a regular baseball game. You get him cheaper than that. You think you can get him at twenty cents? I see him at like minus one thirteen. Really? Really with a triple crown props, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Well But the, the three horses that I would look at the most here if you're looking to play. We're going to play this, actually. We'll box it so it can come in any order. But we'll play the one horse in Justify. We'll play the four horse in Hofburg. And we'll play the nine horse in Noble Indy. And uh, we'll sprinkle on Noble Indy to win at 30 in the 30 to 1 range. I don't know what it is right now. These lines bounce around quite a bit. Hofburg is a very, very uh, dangerous horse here. Showed a lot, actually, at the Florida Derby. Got Irad Ortiz and Bill Mott. They both won here before. Great connections. At uh, at the Belmont, they're they're you know they're pretty good. Bravazo is a horse that's getting some hype. One of uh, D. Wayne Lucas's horses. I'm not in love with with uh, Bravazo. I like Vino Rosso. Now free a bit free more. free. You know what? And in such a short race, you know it's almost worth it, guys, to sprinkle on these big long shots. To be honest with you, I mean, I mean, why not? There's only uh, what is there's uh, just ten horses. I mean, you got a shot here at thirty to one, but you know, like free drop, uh, free drop Billy. His father was Union Rags, who actually won here. Yeah, before. I know Union Rags. Yep, that's true. Union Rags, good horse. Strange name. Yeah. Union cool. Rage would be better. Union Rage. See, Gronkowski got to name the horse because they he hasn't raced here before, right? That's right. Exactly. So that's the thing. Like, if people wonder, like, yeah. you buy a horse, you can't just name him what you yeah, want. You can. Like, you can, but you can't. call him Sports Rage. I I could call a horse Rage or, you know, whatever I wanted if the horse has never raced before. Correct. Like, if I got a young horse, he's never raced before. And, uh, yeah, Gronkowski's horse has never raced in America before. He's raced over there, but he's never raced here. But he's so. Gron- so he's Gronkowski. So now he's yeah. Gronkowski. Yeah, he we, bought into the And we horse. got Conflict Diamond. Yeah, we didn't. We couldn't change his name, Nate. We couldn't change his name. I miss Conflict Diamond. I actually kind of do, too. I have a, fa- I have a feeling Conflict Diamond's going to have a great future without yeah, us. He'll have a good summer. You'll he, see. Oh, yeah. He's going to start rack- racking up money. You're going to show me. I'm going to go into Equibase. Thirds are going to turn into seconds. Seconds are going to turn into firsts. And we're going to be sitting there going, wow, that horse has it again. She got a message last night from somebody that asked me if I wanted to uh, partake. Get back in. And uh, join. Yeah, it was a new team, new dudes. They asked me if I wanted to be part of their stable, and uh, I didn't respond to the message, but uh, I'll respond with a quick uh, thanks, but no No thanks thanks offer. Thanks for the offer, but no. Who are these dudes? Could I get in? It's like somebody else is going to offer me, you want to offer me like a a tour of duty right now in Afghanistan, too? (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. Do you want to get? Yeah, you want to be part of this race? No, I don't want to be part of your race. Actually, no, I, I no, no, no. But I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Like, I, who, 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 who? Do I know these people? No, I don't think you oh, know them. Oh. And what? How much money do they do they want for you to be a part of this consortium? I don't know. I'm uh, not. Uh, I'm not interested. Okay. I'm kind of interested again. I miss the horse. <laughs> Even though the horse costs a lot of money, it was fun being a partial owner of a horse. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, but you were you were pretty partial as far as the money that was going yeah. in. So yeah, that's a good point. It's Gabe. less fun when the yeah. more money is going in. You're right. If I had to be a significant donor, <laughs> that horse would really uh, start eating a lot of hay. I'd be in big trouble. You cried a lot about the money. Oh, that was I lost. sure did. I am yeah, not gonna lie. There's other people on the team that have lost times five. I, I'm quite aware. I know times five. Oh, I, I, I'm with you. I'm not even. I'm not even trying to make comparisons. Uh, there's guys on the team that are. No, you're right though. No, listen. Off. The horse racing industry isn't horrible. If you, if we just you got unlucky, our horse got hurt. You got to be one of the investors, though. That's the thing. I and mean, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to the guy's pitch. I'll see what kind of horses he's got, what his deal is. Because that's it. I don't mind if someone told me, listen, you got to put in two hundred a month, and you know we race here three hundred or five hundred or whatever. We race here, we do this. But when you're the one running the ship like I was, it's a problem. You know, it's it's a damn problem, especially when the horse cracks his hoof. It's a big problem. We had bad luck. We did. We had a bad team. You know, let's just be real. I mean, the facts speak for themselves. The horse, the horse was more successful before. The horse was very successful when we before we bought him. We bought him. He had he had a moderate degree of success early. Early, got injured, and then Train was never the same again. Now he's looking, working and, his way back to health. Yeah, but whatever. He did run a 157. It's not like he tore it up. No. The race that he won by nine lengths, he ran, I think it was 152. It was in the, it was 152 flat or very close. So that's a, that's a real the good thing, number. The thing with horses are, they're very temperamental. And sub sub drivers and sub jockeys we see the same thing with these big time drivers and jockeys even at the triple crowd level yep. these guys some of them can get a horse to go and some of them can't it's true horses actually it's like strange, certain guys it's, it's weird. a strange deal in which yes a horse and the driver jockey there's some sort of weird synergy between the two of them in which a horse will listen to one person more than another guy and you see it all the time. That's what happens all the time. Like no, you'll Gabe, see, Gabe, like, the horse right, will be right. like, you know what? I don't want to let this guy down. I'm going to run harder right now. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to do this. And then there's other times where the horse, and the drivers know this. I mean, a couple of our drivers got off our horse, and they even said, he goes, he won't run for me. He yeah. doesn't listen to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sort of like a dog, right? Some dogs bark at you. Some dogs like you. Yeah. It's, it's, you know. I, I prefer a dog that you can pet and lick. Yeah, he can lick you and not uh, bark at you. I got to be honest. A lot of the dogs around this area, the owners are dicks, but the dogs are very friendly. Yeah, the dogs are I really of, like the, the, there's some nice pooches there's around. There's not a lot of vicious dogs in this neighborhood no. because the people uh, treat them so nicely, the dogs. Yeah, they're eating like they human food. And they stuff. don't have kids and stuff, so the yeah. dogs are like kids. So the dogs are kind of spoiled, uh, oh, yeah. friendly dogs. See, my, my mom uh, serves up her dog. She gives her uh, better food than uh, my dad and I are eating. Boneless, skinless, old cheddar. The dog eats like a king. There's a few. There's a few angry dogs in the building. I haven't ran into them yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You no, know, you're absolutely right. Sometimes I, it's a great angle when I'm when I'm betting horse racing, Gabe. I like to always look when I see jockey change or driver change. I, I like to for, run further, deeper, get the program out, figure it out. Yeah, some horses run for certain guys. It's 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 like relationships. Some horses get along with certain jockeys a hell of a lot better. It's weird. 
absolutely weird. Yeah, the horse racing industry, it's uh, it's fun. It it's, is fun. It's fun when you win. It's cool owning a horse. It has its advantages, but very expensive. If you are, yeah, yeah, I'm not saying you need to be a millionaire to be in the horse racing industry, but if you're a paycheck to paycheck type of guy, then put it this way. Having a horse is much more expensive than having a girlfriend. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Red Heat Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Gabriel Moretzi and Cam Stewart. Ricky Sanders, one of the best uh, DFS guys in the business, will join us at 6 o'clock. Get us a better pitcher than last night. Yeah, that was brutal. Lee Kitch. Geeks. All right, Jesse has uh, sent something in. Uh, this is from a couple of years ago, but going back to 1985. Golfer David Robertson of Scotland has been banned uh, for the year and fined 5,000 pounds for repeatedly cheating during qualifying for last month's British Open. (laughs) Robertson, a former British youth champion, moved his ball to a better lie at least five times. And by up to 10 feet. He's a compulsive cheater. According to one of his caddies who left in disgust midway through the round. Robertson was disqualified uh, from the Open on the 14th hole, the last qualifying round at the Prince's Course in Southeast England. It was the fourth disqualification of his career. He denies the charges. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's bad when your own caddy's like, all right, bro. Like, you, no, yeah, no, it's time to go. Yeah, like, I, I can't like play you, with you, a cheater anymore. Like, like, come yeah. on, you're really going to move the ball 10 yeah, feet? foot wedge. <laughs> Paul Connolly, one of, uh, one of his caddies, handed Robertson's golf bag to her placement after nine holes. I walked off because I couldn't stand what I was seeing, he was quoted uh, as telling the Daily Mail newspaper. On the third, the ball was moved 10 feet near to the hole. <laughs> it was moved 10 feet again on the fourth. On the sixth and seventh, it was moved in the rough. And on the ninth, he got a free drop into thick rough. He asked me to go forward and check the yardage, and when I got back, the ball was lying perfectly <laughs> on a patch of grass. Sorry. That's, that's amazing. Wow, that guy's a compulsive cheater, man. That's unbelievable. You don't see many guys in golf like that. In July 1970, Robertson was disqualified in the Scottish Boys Stroke Play Championship for wrongly marked card. Wow. Wrong card? Moves balls? He was still an amateur when he was disqualified in March of 1974 uh, from the East Scotland Alliance Championships for improperly marking a ball on the green. Robertson turned pro in 1974. Three years later, he withdrew from the Portuguese Open after allegations from an American partner that he dropped a second ball in the rough. <laughs> in 1982, during a pro-am in Scotland, he was disqualified for dropping a ball incorrectly from ground under repair. Wow. <laughs> Don't want to play a cash game with that guy, Gabe. That's that's bad for business there. This he seems like the type of guy to steal steal your wallet. 
There's an accusation about Patrick Reed, right? That's why, right he, so. why he went to Augusta State. This is from um, this is from um, Golf World. Right, so they did a they did a story here. This is actually more recent yeah. too. This is from uh, last summer. Undercover tour pro. Undercover tour pro. Yeah. Cheaters are hard to catch, but we know who they are. Nice. I've only played one round in the Masters, and th- this year I watched from home. So it's anonymous. He's not okay. saying who he is. Half my life I've spent in golf tournaments. So usually the last thing I want to do is tune in. But the limited commercials and the beauty of the, uh, the place got to me. The world was so excited about the stars on the Sunday leaderboard. Garcia, uh, Rossi, uh, Scotty, Ricky, Jordan. But I was pulling for Charlie Hoffman um, or Rosie. He was a friend of mine. I don't think it's a more amazing story. All right, During the week, I remember nearly spitting out my drink when I read to Phil Mickels and said at his press conference, I know a number of guys on tour that are loose with how they mark the ball and have not been called on it. I mean, they'll move the ball two or three inches in front of their mark. And uh, this is an intentional way to uh, to get out of the way of any type of impression and so forth. I think that kind of stuff needs to stop. So I guess this guy's insinuating that Phil no, is yeah. like... We were, we know what? We were right on the case. Now, he goes, if there's anyone prone to hyperbole, it's Phil Mickelson. The truth is, there's exactly one guy who is known to mismark his ball on the green by two or three inches, and you ask any player on the tour about who does it the most, and it's Phil. <laughs> I knew it. Like, we knew it. We knew like, it. He, he can't what did it. I just say before? If you're playing with Phil, he's going to so, buddy. Because people don't think, even on the pro tour, when they, when they all bend down, there's no one there, right? So he's no. just, you know what? I I'm just going to move it a little yeah. way from the dent. When yeah. we say the dent and intonation, like the groove of the golf ball will cause a little exactly. groove on those sensitive greens. Damn right they will. If, if you don't if you don't have the proper repair tool out and do it properly, I've seen balls like hop, skip, jump. They go the other way. No. I'll tell you something. I watched that tournament in Mexico, Gabe, and I've never seen Phil Mickelson lost his ball in woods, and he go, the guy goes, oh, he got relief from the sprinkler. <laughs> There's no sprinkler in the woods. It's at the side of the green. So and then, then he had an animal carry his ball. So listen, this is, uh, so he, got, he goes on here, and he goes, There's another player. He goes, I was paired with this notorious individual recently, and I witnessed it firsthand. Using his hand to obscure the distance behind the ball, he picks up his coin so fast, you almost can't be certain of what you've just seen. Wow. But when you watch him do it enough times, it becomes obvious what he's doing. What's more, this is just another anchor band. He was using a long putter. He always wears baggy shirts. It's like little tricks. You don't think, why is he wearing a baggy shirt? So he bends. So long putter, long baggy, putter baggy shirt. Baggy shirt. He said he bends down so the baggy shirt obscures like his little movement of an inch or two here on the green. All right. He goes, what's more, this was just the anchor band, and he was using a long putter. He wears baggy shirts, and I can tell you that he was anchoring. After the round, we got into a heated debate in the scoring trailer when I refused to sign the card. He claimed that if the end of the grip touches chest, it was accidental. That's the way the rule is written. It's all about intent, and an official signed his card. There are maybe 20 guys who deliberately fudge a mark within a half inch, uh, he said. The dude is a known cheater, and everyone on the tour knows he's a cheater. So he's not talking about Phil on this one. He basically just said Phil so, is guilty so, of stuff. So he used to have a long putter? He says the guy has a long putter. He played in the Masters, and he wore a baggy shirt. Carl Peterson? He goes, back to what Phil said. I'll say there's maybe 20 guys who deliberately screw around within a half an inch. It's very hard to be definitive because the guys who do it are very good at it. Besides, I'm busy reading my own putt. 
even if you're playing very close attention, it's difficult to call someone out when the area of contention is with in the width of a penny. Exactly. That's the thing. You can't tell. Yeah. That's like the thing. Phil Mickelson or anyone oh, yeah. bends down, picks the ball trick. up, yeah. the TV angle, and even the other golfer is saying, I can't tell you. No. They're 18 feet away. They're worried about their own putt. Damn, They're right not there. looking. Did he move it an inch? They're chatting with the caddy. They're doing so other it's amazing. stuff. amazing. So every pro player just sort of moves it two inches closer. Huh? The cheaters. <laughs> Unbelievable. Did he? So he didn't name the guy with the with the long putter in the shirt? No, he's not Anybody, naming but he, called, but he called out Phil. <laughs> everyone knows Phil. Well, he, he called out Phil in the sense of saying it's ironic that Phil, because everyone yeah. knows, then he went on. And then he talks about another guy. He goes, uh, golfers as a whole, we're, we're a gossipy bunch. But the reality is players aren't often ostracized because the stories might circulate only within a small group of friends. He goes, just the other day, a buddy on tour told me uh, about a weather delay. Uh, the horn sounds, and my buddy and another guy elect to finish the hole. The third player, whose ball is in a gnarly divot hole in the fairway, chose to stop. The next morning when they resume the round, my buddy is waiting by the green and says to his caddy, no way that Emmer mother effort. Yeah, yeah. No way that uh, mother yeah, effort put the ball back where it was. Sure enough, the shot comes sizzling into the green and spins back 10 feet, which is impossible from a divot. It is. The guy goes on to finish well that weekend and raked in a bunch of money and FedEx points that should have went to someone else. I love it. That, that, know what? That's actually a great move by the guy in a weather delay. <laughs> because when you think about it, right, you put a tee in. Basically, what you do to mark your ball, you just pop a tee in there. So this guy's going to have a steak sandwich at the third, uh, you know, and he comes back and goes, yeah, hey, the other right two guys said we're going to play yeah. through the round. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <clears throat> this is a great expose. we got to get more of this stuff. Like, I want to find out who's, story. Cheating, who's cheating. He it goes, uh, we all know who these guys are, and he goes, we just hope that karma will get them. It doesn't. No. <laughs> they just keep on making money in FedEx points. No, Kerber's like not it, getting them at all. Point, he said yeah. little things, and he basically said, the guy smoked a shot, went up, had a great round, won a ton of money that weekend, and moved up into FedEx standings. Exactly. He did everything. Yeah, and, 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 and without without that shot, who's to say? If you're, if you're sitting in a, uh, a divot like that, you shank it into the woods, you take a double or a triple. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I think there's a lot more guys on tour that do cheat. You ever heard of Jane Blaylock? No. 19 in his 1970s, Jane Blaylock was an absolute force in a woman's pro golf. By the time she retired, she had won 27 titles. She was the rookie of the year. She made 299 cuts in a row. Wow. But she faced accusation, accusations of improperly marking her balls on the green, improving her lies, and ultimately receiving a suspension. Uh, the later resulting in a lawsuit, which she stated that the, the LPGA was anting, all right, John Daly. You never got caught cheating, though. No, he, he got busted. Uh, this is golf's biggest scandals. Oh, is that what it's called? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. He got nailed uh, with tax evasion. And Dustin Johnson's scandal. What was his scandal? We did a bunch of cocaine. Ted fell, Bishop. Fell down some stairs. Tiger Woods scandal. Lexi Thompson. What uh, did Lexi oh, Thompson Lexi, do? Yeah, Lexi Thompson. Best American female golfer. Oh, she, she didn't properly replace her ball while putting in the uh, the U.S. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. Cost yeah. her the tournament. She actually got hosed on the rules there. Did they, she? they switched. They actually, because of Lexi Thompson and so a couple other cheat. people. She got no, screwed. no, she got screwed. And I'll tell you something. They're starting to loosen up the stupid rule. Like, the ball, once it's addressed, who's to say, Gabe, you're playing a ground of golf and a 40-mile, like a big gust of wind comes and it moves the ball, but you've already addressed the ball. That's not your fault. You put the putter behind the ball. Like, some of golf's rules are stupid. You know, They're Cam, just plain stupid. You know I think? You're not cheating. They're stupid. The baggy and the long putter. 
I thought the same, and I'm just clicking around on other stories. I'm trying yeah. to dig in here. Yeah. Adam Scott. Scott. Adam Scott. You think it's Adam Scott? I yeah, do. well, he, remember, he does have a long putter. I do. I don't remember, remember him wearing bag because he's pretty fit. Like, he's a pretty thin guy. I was thinking maybe Peterson. But, no, Scott, very interesting. It might be Adam Scott. It might be Adam Scott. Now, I, we're just throwing names out here right now. We're not officially no, no. accusing anyone no, of a cheater. No, no. But here's another one that uh, people are saying Vijay Singh. Is, yeah, uh, oh, I've heard, I've heard VJ too. He said uh, VJ is known for various little screw jobs on the golf course. <laughs> I could totally see it. You what? The guy you're talking about is VJ Singh. Is He's it? the guy wearing the long putter, putter in the baggy shirt. It's VJ. Yes! Huh? Adam Scott doesn't wear baggy shirts. That's true. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a buff Australian. Yeah. VJ used to wear those Singa shirts. It's the beer of oh, Thailand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, really loose. So VJ's bending yeah. down with yeah. the, he's got yeah, his there. big baggy. Yes. i seen him do it. Let me just spot the ball a little couple of three inches closer. Mr. Singh, is there anything we could do to make your stay better at the Canadian Open? White hookers. That's why, like, it must burn the other guys on the tour oh, when they see, see these guys. And, and like, BJ's man. made a lot of money in his career, Gabe. A lot of money. Because that's what it comes down to. And you, even in the little story we just read there, but he goes, he goes, it's wrong. He went on to it is make wrong. a lot of money, and he went up into FedEx points, and he cheated. He did. That's a blat- <laughs> That's blatantly cheated. No, it is VJ. No, I, I, we put it together. He wore loose shirts. You're right, VJ. It's huh? got to be. Yeah. got to be. We figured out the, we're, we're, we're the mystery solvers, buddy. No, yeah, no. VJ, has got to be. Yeah. No, he's he's definitely. I've I've seen him do sketchy stuff on the golf course before. Not saying p- plain cheater, but uh, that's my guess. People are accusing. Uh, a lot of people are saying they're convinced it's Billy Mayfair. Billy Mayfair? Guys <laughs> on the senior tour. Billy <laughs> Mayfair. Billy. What's Mayfair. man Billy Mayfair doing? Because the, the guy that wrote this expose, the golfer, he was in the Masters. VJ's a Masters player. Yes. This, Billy Playfair is playing in, like, the Shell Senior Open. Yeah, Billy Mayfair is yeah. worried about getting a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. And if Billy, Billy Mayfair cheated, no one would care. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Billy Mayfair approved his life. Like, okay, buddy, everybody. this guy that's playing is playing with big-time guys. He goes, yeah, I, you know, I was in the Masters, and, you know, so it even happens in a Masters. That guy's screwing around. The thing is, Cam, it's impossible. Because there's no the perception of depth. There's no way in hell you on TV could say, you know what? He just moved the ball a quarter of an inch. You don't know. You can't see the divot in the grass. You don't know. No, not even and, on HD buddy, TV. Buddy even said they're moving it by like the size of a penny and a quarter. But people don't realize in golf that's like the difference of like easy it's shot. The difference and, yeah. between winning and losing a lot yeah. of the time. Definitely. And I'll tell you, man. There's uh, like they they had with the with the HD TV. They thought they were going to catch more people and stuff like that. It hasn't happened because you said it. Like the story, the guy's a magician. It's like a sleight of hand trick. It They've is. done it so many times, like right? Like he said, man, you bend down quick. Yeah. You pick up the coin fast. Yeah, you, you move the ball. Him. And like Buddy said, he goes, like he said, it's like a magician. He goes, you don't even really realize what he's doing. He does it so fast. And you know VJ's got quick hands, too. <laughs> right down there. Yeah. Like, Very fast He's like hands. three card money stuff. <laughs> You're like... Look, oh, what the hell did he just do? You know what I mean? So what's the more? So he's got a big belly, baggy jersey, yep. you know, bend, the, bending over. What's the moral of the story? We don't play cash games with filler VJ. <laughs> That's if those guys team up together, you're in big trouble. It is funny that Phil bitched about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's got to stop. These guys got to stop moving the ball. Buddy's like, hey, Phil, Phil's got got wildlife putting his ball in fairways. Like, come on now. You're one to talk. (laughs) I know. Oh, man. (laughs) That's amazing. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. That's the thing. Well, you notice the Dustin Johnson, Gabe. I like this. Notice how, how, about, how he plays dumb. Like, remember, it cost him two tournaments. Great line here, Cam, from Arnold Palmer. Yeah. He goes, I could shave uh, five strokes off anybody's game. It's called an eraser. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, a lot of these guys now, you notice that? Like, Here's this, Kev. Yeah. This is just sort of like sort of hackers. This is the uh, 10 uh, the most common uh, ways golf cheaters. Like, so just basically even playing with your buddies. The eraser. I like this one. I, I, would, the, I would have made that shot anyways. Yeah. Uh, guy. Yeah. The ball dropper. <laughs> the bumpers, foot wedgers, and hand wedgers. The little little foot bump, the sandbagger. Oh yeah, sandbagger. That's Phil. Phil's a sandbagger. That, that's a guy who's uh, basically saying I'm sh- I'm shit, and he's like really good. I got an 18 handicap, and he scratch. That's a sandbagger. Here's this. The I love the picture of Cap. Look at this one here too. The come on, I don't know the rules guy. Oh yeah, come on, come on. I remember when I first started golf, Gabe. I'd be I'd be a liar to tell you I haven't used a foot wedge or something like that. I used to do it like a long time. It just you don't make it, it doesn't make you feel any better like when you actually play like a good round of game it's actually like it's it's stupid to do it's just but these guys are playing for money so they can use any type of trick in the book bj oh here's another one they have uh <laughs> baggy shirts <laughs> long butter <laughs> just... oh that's great <laughs> that's great i know it's him too oh this is so i just found uh I just found another story. The six biggest cheaters on the PGA Tour. Can I guess? No, it's a story about them um, sleeping with hookers. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I thought it was cheaters. Yeah, he's like... You didn't tell me it was cheaters. Yeah, some, yeah exactly. Some guy <laughs> did an expose and went on tour and discovered that PGA golf uh, players are pretty much pigs. Yeah, really? <laughs> no, they don't cheat on their wives. What do you got, Cap, for picks? I got picks. Yeah, I got. I'm taking the Cleveland Cavaliers plus five tonight. Cleveland on the money line for lesser units. Baseball. I'm going with the Cardinals. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Minus one forty, Gabe. And in the CFL, the BC Lions. When we get a damn spread for the game, what do you got for me? I've got a uh, lineup block live DFS hour coming up next. That's what I've got. True.